empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. I am so delighted to share my conversation with my special guest on the podcast this month, Caleb Moran. Caleb is an innovative thinker. He's one of those people who can take you from whatever point you're at and get you to where you are wanting to go. He is the CEO of The 400 Company, handling individual, team, and corporate development, as well as marketing and creative planning. Over 10 years of experience as senior pastors, he and his wife, Alicia, are known for their generosity and their hearts for loving people. Caleb's new book, Calendar Hacking was just released, no doubt stemming from his skills in running a company as well as raising their five amazing kids. Get ready to grow and enjoy my conversation with my friend, Caleb Moran. Caleb, thank you so much for being on this podcast today. Jen, I am so honored to be here. I know it's been a while since we've got to see each other, but it's always a joy to be around people of faith like you and people that have a unique perspective on the kingdom of God. And so I'm honored to be a part of this and see where it goes today. Uh, Well, you know, I feel that way about you and your wife, Alicia, who I have had on this podcast, by the way. I think she was one of my first guests. She's a podcaster herself these days. I think something in the water, you you rubbed off on her. Something in the water. And I just had the honor of being on her podcast. We had so much fun. But I love what you just said because I kind of smiled. I think it was part of the fabric of when I first met you and Alicia years ago. And there's just those times when you meet somebody and you just click. It's like we're working from the same page, the same premise. You know, you're not fighting for common ground. It's just easily accessible. And I love that about you and Alicia. It was there the first time I met you guys and then watching what you're doing progress and the two of you progress is like watching that common ground play out in all the things you're doing. I'm so excited to talk about all of it today. This might just be like a five hour podcast. (laughs) I'm just honored to be a part of it. It's going to be so fun. Okay, Caleb, before we get into the nitty gritty, I like to start out with just a few fun, get to know you questions. I'm not going to lie. We have a lot of chicks on this podcast, but just because you're a guy, you're not getting off the hook. I'm going to ask you anyway. (laughs) I wear moisturizer. (laughs) Okay, we'll work that into your get to know you. I know you guys are elite coffee drinkers. What is your right now like go-to coffee drink? What does that look like for you? So I am not like the rest of your followers who drink pumpkin spice lattes and peppermint lattes (laughs) or my wife does lavender lattes. I do what's called a black eye. It's just black coffee and two shots of espresso. That's it. Bam. So black coffee, not one shot, two shots of espresso, just one a day. Sometimes I've done as many as three. I used to do red eyes with one shot, went to black eyes with two shot. I think dead eye or lazy eye or I don't know. There's so many eyes. You get up to four shots if you want. And then I think the one after that is just the jaws of life. 
and they come in with the paddles <laughs> and they resuscitate you. That's right. That's hardcore, Caleb. When you have five kids and you're trying to do everything, that's what you need. <laughs> you need a black guy. That's right. I love that. Okay. When I hit those tough days, I'm going to go black guy. Do it. I'm super excited to ask you this question because anybody that knows you, if you've ever been at lunch with Caleb and Alicia, then you know at some point Caleb is going to look you in the eye and go, what books are you reading right now? And you feel <laughs> like, oh man, I need some good ones. So I'm really pumped to do this to you because I know your answers are going to be good. What is a book either you're reading right now or you have read that just Caleb was like, stamped something on the inside of you. Any genre at all, if you want to name a couple, that's great. Sure, yeah, I'll give you a few books. One book that I read, and especially being somebody who, maybe if you're in leadership, whether it's entrepreneurial leadership, or maybe you're a pastor, ministerial, or whatever, there's a book called The Way of the Shepherd. That book, I can't speak highly enough about it. That book was a phenomenal book. I read it a few times a year. Another book by Scott Anderson is called Dad. And mm -hmm. he's got another book called Mom. But this book, it changed my life. Like when I say it changed my life, I was bawling every chapter I read it because it was just digging so deep into transformational change in who I was as a father, as a husband, wow. uh, as a leader. So that's another book. And then, you know, anything John Maxwell, one of the books yeah. that I recommend to people often is Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. And that book has helped me to unlock oh, yeah. what people have within them that I need. Because not everyone yeah. knows how to pour out of themselves. You know, I've gone to coffee, mm -hmm. dinner with a lot of great leaders, and it just is fellowship. There's other leaders that'll naturally right. pour into you. And there's other leaders you have to poke a hole and tap into it. That's so good. Phenomenal book. That is so good. I mean, that's just a little taste of the great meal we're about to have on this podcast because that's a truth bomb. Okay. I'm going to ask you a sports question because I know you're a sports guy and I thought this would be fun. If you could only watch one professional sports game and one professional athlete play it one last game for the rest of your life what game would it be and who would you want to watch play it so my answer will probably be different than most people I grew up playing sports but I don't watch them a lot mm -hmm. I am obsessed with x games so I would probably say Tony Hawk I would watch Tony Hawk all day long I'd lace his shoes up if I needed to I'd be his armor bear. <laughs> this is quite the revelation we're getting on this podcast. <laughs> as successful as Caleb is, he would walk away today if he could carry Tony Hawk's skateboard. That's it. Yeah, I was for sure I was going to get like Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. I like basketball. So maybe my number two would be Michael Jordan. I'd, yeah. I'd carry the basketball for him if I needed to. Yeah, Tony Hawk though, that's interesting. That's an interesting answer. Caleb, I'm so excited about this conversation because, you know, I started this podcast years ago, number one, to bring powerful conversations that I was getting to have with people I met all over the country to a broader audience because their stories, their journeys, what they were called to do was just lighting up different parts of me. And the other reason I started it was for the opportunity to help ignite or awaken destiny in different things that God puts us on the earth to do in people in ways that maybe don't get talked about a whole, whole lot. 
And I'm loving the opportunity to do this with you because the river that runs in you and what you do to help people excel very much carries these two rivers of what people would know is maybe what we would call more overt, traditional, fivefold ministry, but then carries the strong, significant river into the business world, entrepreneurial, but even just stepping outside of that and just going, just open up wide all the valves of all the capacity in you and your journey, you and Alicia, you know, pastored for a number of years, you've served national ministries and now what you're walking in and really igniting the business community and helping entrepreneurs and individuals go from one place of success to another one, I'm getting to watch all these rivers sort of converge. And so I want you to speak into that. But my first question to you is this, and I'm friends with you and I still don't know the answer to this. Was this always sort of a marker you had out in front of you or is what you're walking in now something that took you a bit by surprise? That's a great question. You know, the ministry aspect for me was unique and is is unique, I think, for each person according to their, their walk, their call, whatever group or association they're from, their tribe, however you want to call it. I remember at 18 years old, I was walking through the World Trade Center in Dallas and I get pregnant with vision. It's like he just gives me something. And it's not like a, a wouldn't it be yeah. cool to have a Lamborghini one day. It's like God puts these desires in my heart that almost land on my imagination where I can see them. And when I see them, it's not even like, would it be cool? It's that is what's going to be. This is me 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And I remember knowing I was called to ministry, but feeling such a pool into what we in ministry would call marketplace, the corporate world yeah. business. And there was this battle, how am I going to do both? And when I mm. started ministering and started pastoring and we did all of that, man, lives were being changed. We loved it. It was amazing. But I was always doing stuff on the side. I was always running a marketing company. I was always helping people start their businesses. And I started yeah. realizing that more ministry was happening around my laptop than it was around my Bible. Wow. More ministry was happening as people were telling me the dreams of what they wanted to do with their life and how God had given them this desire to start a business. And here I am wow. with what I can only contribute to a God-given gift to yeah. help articulate to them how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, with whom to do it with, and to put that picture together so others could see. And I would preach, I would teach, I would travel the world and I would do ministry, but I could never get away from the marketplace. And three years yeah. before we transitioned out of pastoring, the Lord spoke to me and he asked me, he said, if I asked you to give this up, would you? Meaning pastoring the church. Yeah, at that okay. time. So in my brain, I'm thinking, yeah, sure. I'll transition this to someone else. Right. So Caleb took over and was like, yes, God, let me build this thing up real big and right. get it healthy. And then I'll turn it over to whoever you want. But that wasn't what he asked me. And wow. I later just seeking him, I said, God, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know where you've sent me and called me to. I know the titles that I carry, but I'm not a title. I have a purpose. And so what mm -hmm. is that purpose within this title? What is that purpose within that's my so existence, right? And yeah. he spoke two words to me. He said, Caleb, I've called you to deliver people and I've called you to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. When I was pastoring, 
I thought, oh, awesome. I'm going to have a church full of CEOs and I'm going to be influential in all these businessmen's lives. But it was just the opposite. It was God transitioned us into the marketplace. And now Mm -hmm. I have prayed with CEOs, CFOs, COOs. I've met at some of the largest boardrooms and tables in the nation, multi-billion dollar companies and had the ability to just let God's light shine through me in a way I know I would not have been able to do just on someone's stage at a church. So it's something I've always carried with me, Yeah, but I believe it's something that I'm just recently in the past few years stepping into more and more. I believe this is me. This is not a thus saith the Lord. This is not a prophetic word, but I do believe that God is doing something in the marketplace right now. Mm -hmm. There's something corporately. We always talk about corporate prayer from a church standpoint, but I mean like there are businessmen and women that I believe God is strategically positioning almost from a military standpoint for global takeover. And it's not a takeover in an industry. It's a takeover with kingdom in those industries. So I'm honored to be able to even dip my toe in what God has going on right now because it's massive. It is so massive. Well, it's so good. And to your point, I mean, God being so strategic about doing that in the marketplace right now, because when you think about how volatile the world is and how volatile our culture is. I mean, we have listeners in over 50 countries that listen to this, but any nation you're listening from, your nation, our nation here in the United States, we're living in a volatility that we haven't known in generations. And when that boils down to the volatility in your state or in your city, if you go into the fabric of that city and you have strong, stable businessmen and women there, your city is going to go through that a lot better than other cities that don't have that. It's just the reality of it. So when we talk about God being strategic, to your point, you know, and I love that statement that you made that you were essentially shifting your gaze from, you know, a title to your purpose. But when you look at God being strategic about putting strong men and women that just know God, In that field, it doesn't just affect the businesses they build, but it affects how they build those businesses. And in this day and age, that can make the difference in stabilizing a town, a city, a state. 100%. And you know, like I remember, you know, just talking with my wife for years and I would tell her, you know, I know we're pastoring. I know I travel. I have an apostolic call in my life. I know it. I've known it for years. I operate in that. I have operated in it for years. But I told my wife, I said, you know, if you asked me, what is the one thing God puts you on this earth to do? Mm -hmm. My answer is different than a lot of other people's answers. My answer without fail is I know I am called to financially fund the kingdom of God. Wow. And when you're a pastor, you get fenced in to your square footage. If you're not careful, you're only thinking within the vision of what God has entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking within the grand vision of God puts you there, but you're there for a reason. Even the military, when they would take a hill, they didn't take a hill because they wanted the hill. The hill was a strategy for the rest of the war, the rest of the battle. Right. 
So for me, I used to always pray as a pastor, like, God, you know, I just want to write big checks. But, you know, you have a cap at some point to what you're going to make working for a company. Now, we know that God takes the limits off and God can do whatever. But it took me a while to not be as human minded as I was to think Mm. that the kingdom being funded was only going to come through my wealth. What God placed in my Mm. heart was to say, Caleb, I've called you not only to use your wealth, but I've called you to generate wealth in other people so that they Mm. too can help fund the kingdom. And so now when people ask me, what do you do for a living? I say, man, it's really easy. I I help people who desire to radically fund the kingdom of God with their wealth, create pockets through entrepreneurship that God can reach into to fund kingdom agendas. How much fun is that? Oh my God. I was talking with a client just the other day. We met to coach on one business. And out of our meeting, he's launching four businesses now. And here he is. He's so excited, tears running down his face. And he said, I'm so excited because I know that I'm going to get to write fat checks for the kingdom of God. And I'm going, this is the coolest thing ever. When people are excited to gain wealth, to do things that add value to others, Mm-hmm. And so it's fun to see God continue to build our ministry, even in different lanes with different people. It's been so rewarding to see the fruit that comes from that. Well, and I was just thinking for some of our listeners that are, you know, maybe young in their faith or just checking things out about, you know, what it means to live as a Christian or whatever that version looks like for you. And I know we have a lot that, you know, we're practically born in church, as they say. But right. what I love about your heart when you say things like fund the kingdom, what that means is to establish or enable the kingdom of God or the God way of living to do what the kingdom of God is meant to do, which is to remove and alleviate burdens and to help set up a better way of life. Absolutely. And I mean, to establish businesses to help eradicate poverty or to elevate. And that's what the kingdom does. It always elevates. And, you know, what a reason to raise up champions in the marketplace to be able to do that. Caleb, I want to ask you to speak to this, and it's not really a pivot because I know this comes up with your clients, but you made this post. Now, I'm not preaching your stuff, but if I was going to, I would preach this, okay? But this was your post, and I just want to ask you to speak to this. So we're kind of getting a little bit of a free client session with you. So here's what you said. When is the last time you had a meeting with the future you. Come on. What? And then you said this, take some time to immerse yourself mentally through intentional dreaming. Visit the season and condition you desire to live in daily. Get used to what it looks and feels like. What do you mean by that? How in the world do you do that? Yeah, this is something that is burning at the very core of who I am. You know, my wife, And I, you know, God put us together as only he could. And she helps me in so many ways and I help her in so many ways. And there's so many times where I've said things to her like, hey, babe, you know, if we could go anywhere, where would you want to go? And she starts thinking with what we currently have. Well, with what we have, we could go here. And I go, no, that's not what I said. You tell me where you want to go and I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And what I've always done, I do daily dreaming sessions, just like I would wake up and read my Bible, just like I would wake up and pray. I will set Mm -hmm. aside a certain amount of time 
and I will literally dream. I schedule a meeting with the future me. And I have to think in terms like that because I deal with clients a lot. I would never not show up at a meeting with a client. And so I've had to treat my life, little tasks like going to the gym. I treat it like it's a client. This may sound funny and some people may not understand this, but even reading the Bible, that's my meeting with God. I cannot miss that meeting. That's so good. God called us to dream. Matter of fact, Ephesians 3.20 in the message says, you know, we know he'll do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think, but it says above all you could ever dream. Right. Another translation says your wildest dreams. So God doesn't even want you dreaming. He wants you to have a category of wild dreams just out there. Like, oh my God, that's crazy. That's the kind of faith that God wants from us. It pleases him for us to get outside of our natural realm and dream. And I don't just dream at night. I dream during the day. I daydream. I dream as much as I can. Well, and it fits with you know, there's a lot that's said right now about maybe being more in touch with our humanity, which we clearly are human. But as a Christ follower, you know, to be born again, God said we're made in his image and likeness. And one of the greatest components of being made in his likeness is our imagination or the canvas of our heart, the place we create from. Unfortunately, it's talked more about in times past to the negative. You know, we quote the verse, casting down every imagination that would exalt itself or go against the knowledge of God or the God way of living. But if it's true to the negative, it's true to the positive, that that place of imagination or dreaming, you know, you can use those words interchangeably, is the creative place where we are made just like him. And that's what I love about you know, what you do, Caleb, that you do it out of that, what I would call, some would say spirit-led, but instinctive. And it is instinctive because as a man of God, God lives in you, that you're dreaming or you're imagining for yourself, but for people that you work with out of that canvas or that place of imagination, that the spirit of God is inspiring. And he's always pushing us to push the boundaries because He's always wanting to make it, you know, so much bigger. It's like he shows up every day and goes, how big of a canvas are you going to work with me in today? And he just fills it. Yeah. And look at it this way. If the enemy knows the power that we have to create, the creator created us in his image. So we have power to create. Yeah. If the enemy knows that we have that power, which he does, then That's why he's so persistent to bring fear into our lives. The thoughts that say, but what if it doesn't happen? What if I'm not the one that can do this? When Paul was talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he said, God didn't give you that spirit of fear, man. I'm seeing you're scared. God didn't give you that. But what he did give you was power, love, and a sound mind. That sound mind in New Living Translation says self-discipline. It's a disciplining of your mind to say, as long as fear is present, discipline will be absent. You know, even from, you know, people know they need to go to the gym. They know they need to get healthy. But the fear of what if I don't know what I do when I get in there, people think I'm stupid when I get in there, that fear it just reveals lack of discipline. Right. But if they get in there and get in the routine and get it down, they would know, I know what I'm doing. Even though I'm not where I want to be, I can get there by the knowledge I have yeah. to do this. For me, the enemy has always attacked my mind more than anything else, more than mm-hmm. my body, more than my yeah. finances. He has attacked yeah. my mind. And I was at a moment the other night with one of my sons and he came out of his room and he was frustrated. And he said, dad, 
I hate this house. I want a bigger house. We need a bigger house. There's too many of us in here. There's not enough space. And I could have gotten, you know, frustrated and been like, you ungrateful <laughs> little boy. But I said to him, I said, hey, buddy, come sit down. And he goes, man, I'm just, I'm so frustrated. And I said, let's talk about it. If we had a new house and you had this room that you were talking about, what would it be like? What would yeah. it look like? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. And I said, no, talk to me, man. Let's talk about it. And he began to explain this room. And I said, buddy, I'll dream with you. I'll join that dream. So good. And I said, let's get some paper. Let's draw it out. We started drawing this house. And, you know, when we got done, you know, he wasn't as frustrated. Of course, he was expecting me to buy the house tomorrow. But the next day he came running downstairs and he said, dad, come see, come see, come see. I ran upstairs. And on his Xbox, he built his room Come on. In like a video game. Yeah. And I said, dude, you modelized so cool. visually. You've been visualizing this and you turned it into a yeah. model. This is like steps towards manifestation. Yeah. I said, son, I will hook with your dream. And if this is the room you yeah. want, this is the room we will believe God I love for. that. In my own dreaming, I visit that dream long enough and familiarize myself with it enough that then I feel comfortable to ask my wife. Hey, will you come with me yeah, in the street? That's so because good. I know it. I'm yeah. familiar with it. I've seen it. I've yeah. smelt it. I can hear it. And it's not a false hope. It is a I know this is where we right. will be. That's what dreaming is for, is to give you the faith and the hope to produce what's needed. That is so, so, so good. I know we are running out of time, but I just want to mention a couple of things for our listeners. And I know you mentioned a lot of this is going in the book you're working on right now. Lifestyle hacking. Yeah, I just wrote okay. a book called Calendar Hacking. Right. Calendar Hacking, this is a huge deal. And I just want to mention some of the stuff in this book that you guys are going to discover. The Mountain Climber Method. I'm just going to leave them at that because that's fabulous. Why the secret to your future is hidden in your daily routine. How your lack of boundaries is keeping you stuck. That's worth buying for right there. And then, of course due to the title, Ways to Find Hidden Gems of Time. This is just so packed with content. And I love the title, Calendar Hacking, and it's just already priming us for all these other ones that you're working on. Caleb, I want to thank you for just taking from, honestly, this is clearly just God given to you. And you have such a clear and easy way to take these things into bite-sized pieces, but make them interesting. I mean, I love this stuff, but honestly, I'm not a business guru reader. It gets too clinical and too five-steppy and it loses me, but I love the concepts. And what I love is there's such creativity in the way you bring them. And because of that ministerial background and that call, it's so personal. It's life-giving, but there is that personal ministry put life in you attached to it. And that's what I love about what you're doing. I know that's why your clients are raving about you. Give us the ways that people can connect with you, what you're doing and follow you as we close up the podcast today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate everything you just said. It's very kind of you. All of my social media handles personally are Caleb W. Moran. So it's C-A-L-E-B-W-M-O-R-A-N. My company is The 400 Company. You can find us on social media as well at The 400 Company. And then my book, Calendar Hacking, is on Amazon. Go there. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. It is how I changed my marriage, my parenting, my ministry, and my money. 
by learning the things that God showed me by stewarding my days better. So good. Right for the taking. Everybody go to Amazon and get that. Caleb, thank you so, so much for the depth that you shared out of today. We all owe you for a session, but we thank you for giving us this one for free. And thank you again for being here today. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. And once again, what an honor it is to be on this journey with you. And no doubt there were people that popped in your mind. You know what? This is a great podcast to share with people you work with. Maybe you've been looking to build a bridge of conversation and this is the perfect tool to do that with. So hit that share button and you can always find more at jenjringale.com. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.